I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with the creatives behind O Sierra, Xanthi and Frank Appleyard. Over the last few years, I've been following their journey and obsessing over their beautiful designs, open-hearted communication, and knack for marketing. So it was amazing to finally sit down with them and get the deets on just what they've been up to. Xanthi and Frank Appleyard are the founders of Osierra, where they help leaders and brands harness the potential power of community through content strategy, content education, and content creation, leading conversations around radical authenticity, creative living, and balanced businesses, all to help entrepreneurs attract and grow an aligned, loyal community. I reached out to Xanthi and Frank because I was stalking their Instagram, naturally, which led me to their website, and I noticed they had pivoted away from design work and were focusing on content marketing and content strategy for their clients, something that they are very, very good at. If you have been living under a rock and you're not following them on Instagram, go do it right now. You will binge all of their content. It's so amazing. So as many of you guys know, I have been changing the internal structure of my business over the last six to nine months. So when I saw that they had made this pivot, I immediately was like, I have to have them on to talk about this. And what I mean by this is building and running a thriving business and then burning it to the ground. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this episode. It's a conversation that is not talked about in entrepreneurship often. And so we are diving into what it takes to pivot your business, the decisions that need to be made in order to do so, and how you know it's the right thing to do for you. We're also going to talk about building and running a business that aligns with your core value and how that affects your position in the business, both mentally and physically. And at the end, they go off about (laughs) their insights on marketing, content strategy, and social media trends. Every entrepreneur needs to implement this year, no matter what industry you're in, which now listening back, I'm like, this needs to be its own standalone episode. This conversation on bulldozing your own path and authentic thought leadership is one that I am so, so passionate about because there are no rules in entrepreneurship. And I think sometimes we forget that it's okay to completely change our minds. Okay, long intro. I am just so excited about it. Let's get into the episode. Hi, I'm Olivia Austin, brand designer, strategist, business coach, and life enthusiast. I'm obsessed with helping people build a dream life and business that allows them to wake up every day doing what they love and make money doing it. Each episode, I'll take you behind the scenes on how to build an authentic brand, intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. So grab a coffee, open up your journal. This is Behind the Design Podcast. Okay, awesome. I'm so excited to have you guys here. How's it going? Good. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so excited for this convo. I know. I'm so stoked. So I'm here now, obviously, with Xanthi and Frank Appleyard um, from Osierra. And I can't wait to chat with you guys. We are going to go into so many good topics and conversations. Um, you guys are in LA right now, right? We are. Yes. Yeah. How's the weather? <laughs> it's- um, I like a little chillier than I was hoping for. It's sunny though. It's, it's like, really it's really nice and sunny. I mean, it's winter time, right? Yeah. So it's like, it affects everyone gets winter. 
sadly. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are originally from Canada. So where in Canada? Yeah, we're originally from Hamilton, Ontario, which is like about an hour outside of Toronto. Okay. Um, and we moved just, we've moved, only just moved to LA in August of this year, but before that we were living in Mexico for two years. So we've been awesome. kind of like around. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Escaping the winter. Absolutely. I like did the total opposite. I like grew up in like the sun and in Florida and California. And now I live in New Hampshire and it's like freezing. And I'm like, why did we move here? The opposite move. Completely, completely opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So before we dive into anything, I always like to ask, are there any good books that you guys are reading? Oh, that's yeah. such a good question. Yeah, we actually both are reading good books. Frank, you can go first if you'd like. I'm currently reading one that is all about how to design services. Um, and it's written by a guy who he's not like a graphic designer is how you actually like structure services in ways that people are going to interact with them and use them. Um, he's done a ton of work for the UK government in the past sort of structuring oh. how they deliver services to like citizens. And it's just this fascinating sense of how you can actually build a service with that end users goals in mind from a like design perspective. And it's really, really cool. It's called Ooh. good services. Okay. It's called good services. Yeah. Yeah, I okay that sounds it. so good I love that I have not even heard of that and so I'm excited yeah. to dive into that it's cool I think we bought it for the cover but it ended up actually being good um, <laughs> like most I, 100% I'm reading a book called cultish and it's actually amazing so it's called cultish the language of fanaticism Ooh. and it's by Amanda Montel and it is all about the way that like kind of prolific and, and very infamous cult leaders all the way from like, like straight up, like cults as we kind of know and imagine them to like MLMs and soul cycle and all these like kind of cult, like businesses that have like cult followings, influencers, and how the one common thread of how they kind of are able to get these communities to rally around them for better and for worse is language. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's really- <laughs> That's like right up what you guys are doing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the information that we bit. want to put out into the world yeah oh my gosh I love that okay these are both really great I'm definitely going to add them to my list I read all the time so I'm always like looking for new books um okay awesome so let's I like to start with how your entrepreneurial journey started and go all the way through to how you got here today doesn't need to be short it could be the nitty-gritty like detailed dive right in I love hearing these stories and I know our listeners like to like to hear it too so yeah just how you guys got started yeah of course oh my gosh okay so <laughs> Frank and I to give a little background like Frank and I are married we're a married couple and we've been married uh, and like been in a relationship almost the same exact amount of time as we've had our business. So it all happened like really quickly around the same time after we met. Um, and this was five years ago. So we're coming up on our fifth business anniversary, like literally this month. And so prior to that, we were both working in small businesses as like marketing management communications, like support to the leaders of those businesses. So we were pretty close to entrepreneurship, but I think both of us like felt like that was never the thing we wanted to do because it looked so challenging <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're witnessing it happening to somebody close to you, you're like, Oh wow. Why would someone choose that? Yeah. Um, but at the same time too, this is a completely different landscape, right? Like back then, like the online world was really different the ability to like reach people globally was really different. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think when we thought entrepreneurship, we kind of just thought like local business, um, which is not to say that there's anything negative about that, but we, I think 
wanted the freedom of not having a brick and mortar or not having like a place that was kind of like requiring us to be in one spot. Um, so when we met, we kind of, I was taking on some freelance work at the time because my background always has been in like PR design. Um, I've done like art of all kinds, like painting, graphic art, kind of just like the, the go-to creative person in our community. Our town is like our, like our hometown is like a city, but it's kind of like a small community. Yeah. So being that we were working in small, in small businesses, we kind of had a tight knit network. And so I was getting a lot of jobs from people who also had businesses that needed like a newsletter designed or that needed like quick edit on their website, um, or things like that. And so I was taking on that work while also working full time. And when Frank and I met, we were both at a place, I think in our careers where we were kind of like, what, what's next? Like either we grow with the business that we're in and help them to kind of expand, or we make a different choice. And so as we were getting more work and I was getting these sort of like design jobs, there was also a lot of like copy involved. And then I was also getting asked to do photography, which I had no background in at the time, but Frank did. So Frank's background, you can explain that a little bit more. What yeah, your background was, so but... my background is more on the journalism side. Um, I was a news editor for several years. I have a background in photojournalism and I sort of like scrapped all that and went to go work for a restaurant group in town um, and was their communications guy and marketing guy and all of that fun stuff. Um, so I had like, I basically learned how to do that on the job there. So I had this sort of, different skill set that sort of meshed very well with Santhi's like visual and design focused um, skill set. So like you said, when there were these things coming up that needed copy or needed um, some photography, I was able to like chip in and we'd start sort of tag teaming projects like that together. Yeah. And so we sort of realized like, wait, we have something here. And also worth noting, like not only are our skills complementary, but like our personalities are, so, are very different from each other, but in like the best way where like, I'm very confident and bold and like, don't look before I leave, just like do whatever the fuck I want all the time. Um, <laughs> and, but also I'm not very organized and I'm not super great at, I shouldn't say I'm not super great at it, but it's not like a natural skill for me to kind of like be doing the, the behind the scenes work that like logistically is required to accomplish the things that I want to do. And these are like yeah. that I have, whereas like Frank, I think is really uh, a dreamer in the same sense. It's like we both have a very big vision, but Frank is like, okay, if this is what we want to do, here's how we actually do it. So it was almost like the perfect moment for us to come together and be like, wait, if we want to change things, like I can be this like kind of like forthcoming, you know, <laughs> like whatever you want to call it, bulldozer. Um, <laughs> and Frank, and and I'm actually like paving the road behind her. Saying, <laughs> yeah, you're like sweeping the dirt from behind her. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in front, clearing in the front. path to make it possible too. So. Yeah. So yeah, so so essentially at this point, this is like January 2018. Like we had decided to register our business on New Year's Eve 2017, turning into 2018. And then we, again, it was like, oh, well, this is like classic me. I was like, oh, I'll just do this on the side for the next like couple of years. We'll see how it goes. Two weeks later, I quit my job. Yeah. Went full-time um, full into our business. Um, Frank stayed working yep. um, with the company that he was with for about six months mm -hmm. and then went full-time in our business as well, um, which was really amazing. So it happened really quickly because we were kind of all in, like we had some conversations where we realized like, we don't want to live in this home, in our hometown. We want to be able to move. We want to be able to have that kind of like mobility of community of, you know, being able to work with businesses from anywhere. And we really wanted to actualize that more quickly. As soon as we get the idea, we realized we wanted to actualize it very quickly. Yeah. 
Um, so we really rolled with it. So that's like the beginning. That's how it's that, that was like mm-hmm. year one. Right. And at that point we were taking on like any kind of work. Like I, I would say we were very much catch all. Like if people yeah. said, can you manage my social account? I was like, absolutely. If people said, <laughs> can you write my website copy? We were like, mm-hmm. yeah. people were like, come photograph my event. We were like, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a little bit of everything, which was amazing because we got to have our, we got experience in so much yeah. so quickly. So many people, like the relationships that we built during that first year still are some of our biggest supporters, yeah. um, though we've moved to a different country like two times since then. Um, and so, yeah, so we started kind of t- taking on everything. And then, of course, the overwhelm hits when you take on every sing- single thing that comes your way. You realize that not every single thing is your passion. And when you're working outside of your passion for long enough, you eventually sort of start to feel burnt out more quickly. So it was probably after that first year that we decided to start zooming in a little bit more and think like, okay, what do we love doing? What are we really being recognized for as well was important to us. Like, what are people seeing us as, right? Like, what is our community actually responding to um, and leaning further into that? So what that ended up looking like for the next, you know, couple of years of our business was a lot of kind of full scope projects with people where we were working with them from strategy to brand design, to website design, um, as well as we stuck with the social content creation thing for that whole duration too. So we were doing photography, like yeah. mostly for restaurant groups locally, going into their businesses, taking photos of the food, eating the food. It was the best. Um, that sounds that amazing. Was- That's like ideal. <laughs> it was amazing. Lots of free wine. Um, <laughs> And managing their social accounts too. Um, and so we were taking all of that on and, and really enjoying it. We It was just the two of us pretty much at that yeah. point. We hadn't brought anybody else on. And so now fast forward, it's two years in and it's 2020. Um, before this, we had been traveling quite a bit. We were starting to explore the opportunity to take our work on the road and still having clients at home in Hamilton, kind of bringing us back. So we would come back, we would do our photo shoots and then we would travel for three weeks or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So we were starting to explore that. And then 2020, March, pandemic, we all know. Um, And what that actually kind of did was it, uh, all of the work we were doing in person at restaurants, of course, was no longer an option. Um, We were supporting people the best we could. We had clients, you know, delivering food to our house and we were photographing it on our balcony, like, (laughs) like trying to support. And a lot of it, we were just doing like entirely like pro bono because we wanted to support. So we still had those relationships, but at the end of the day, like the, the businesses didn't have the budget anymore. And it wasn't really like feasible to be promoting that kind of work anymore. So we sort of went again, doubled down on the design, started working like then at that point, we were almost exclusively doing strategy, Mm -hmm. brand design, website design, some photography, but for like website projects and things like that. And then we, at that point had called in a designer to support on our team. So that was like the first time that we like started to expand the people that we were working with. Um, And at that point also uh, we purchased a house in Mexico. So then we were like, okay, we're going to be working from a distance. So it actually ended up being like, you know, um, it ended up being like in, in so many ways, you know, the wrong time for everyone. And then at the same time, like the right time for us to choose to leave our hometown because we didn't have business right. physically present for anymore. So we sort of took that opportunity and we did that. And we moved to Mexico in the middle of the pandemic 
And that was when things really got wild. So, I mean, from then to now has been transition after transition after transition, a lot of new things coming to light, a lot of new decisions being made, expanding our team, dismantling our team. And so it's pretty much from that point to now where all the like juicy, (laughs) the juicy conversation is. Um, That's what happened leading up to that. And then I'll leave it there. So I don't give it all away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's so amazing. I think the biggest takeaway there is kind of I, I feel like a lot of times when people are first starting out in the in their entrepreneur business, they're like, okay, I need to focus on one service. I need to have a niche. I need to do this and this. And it's like you really should experiment and try a ton of different things and find out what you really like and then double down on that. And then if you want to pivot in a few years, that's totally fine. My journey was very similar to you guys. Like graphic design for everyone and everything like said yes to every project was like, sure. Yeah, I can do that. And meanwhile, I'm like Googling, like how to make this or how to, what is SEO, you know, just like trying to figure out and then like narrowing it down from there. And I think that's, that's what makes a business that aligns with your life because you're like, I actually really don't like doing this, but I am really good at this. Let's go in this direction. Um, so yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you guys really do have such complimentary skills and personalities. That's amazing. My husband is like, I still sometimes thinks he doesn't really, he's like, can I, what can I do for you? I'm like, I don't think anything like <laughs> that would be helpful. I, you could sometimes I like bounce ideas off of him and he's like, good for that. But I'm very similar to you, Xanthi, where I'm just like, take the idea, run with it and could use someone to like reel me back in a little bit. (laughs) How are you going to do that? Um, so that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think too, as far as like a design studio, you really, especially if you want to make massive impact or not even design studio, just a creative studio, if you really want to make massive impact for your clients, having that well-rounded approach where you're starting with strategy, implementing design, having the messaging and the copy and the photos, like that's what makes it like when, you know, we, that's what I do now. It's like solely is just those like full service packages because it just, it makes such a difference. So having those, the skill set is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to get into the pivot. Um, now that we have the backstory and I really, this is what really drew me to wanting to chat with you guys because I was scrolling through your website and I'm like, wait, this is totally different because we've been, I've been following you guys for years, um, and love all of your content, everything that you're putting out. Um, I am definitely more of like a poster than a scroller on Instagram. So it was like one day I'm just like scrolling. It was like, have I been living under a rock? Like what is going on? So, and this is just a conversation that I feel like has come up often with myself and my mentors. Um, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I am pivoting my business, um, a little bit, and there's so much that goes into that. So when you're, when you've been an entrepreneur for like five years, seems like a long time. I've also, but this was my fifth year anniversary and it's like, it feels like a long time. It's like, wow, I should, should I have more accomplished or, but also at the same time, it's like, it's really not that long. Um, but so much transition happens. Like I know so often people are like, even myself, I'm like, okay, once I have this, then like, yeah, then I'll be good. And I'll like coast and I won't be overwhelmed. (laughs) Burnout doesn't exist when I get over this hump, but it's like, as an entrepreneur and our entrepreneurial spirits, we're like, 
okay, what's next? How can I change? What can I transition? Um, but sometimes that's really scary, especially when you're like, everything is everything that you do feels like it's so, um, like public. Um, so I really want to talk about how you guys made that transition from design studio to what you guys are doing now. So we just heard about how you started your business and like, let's get into the transition. So like, when was the first initial, like, Hmm, I think we want to change this. We want to switch this up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So Okay. So really interesting, like even what you mentioned with regards to being in that creative like world and mindset as a business owner and thinking like, what's next, what can I do next? And always like, I feel like we're looking for a solution to something Mm -hmm. because I think innately that's what we provide other people, right? Like we are providers of solutions to our clients. And so it's natural for us to be looking for those solutions for ourselves as well. So what happened was year is 2021, maybe? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 20 probably like between 2020 and 2021. So we're living in Mexico. We are reaching a point where I would say th- this was like the 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 big um what's the word? This was like the turning point of our online presence. Mm. So we had been kind of perceived as a local business. We had done a lot of work to expand our our online network to include uh, the world basically. And at this point we were starting to gain a lot of traction in that space. So we were getting a lot of recognition for creating really powerful like pieces of thought leadership online through our social media. And so because of that, we were getting a lot of inquiries. We, we had an influx of people who wanted to work with us. I did not have the bandwidth to do all of that design. And so we started to expand our design team. So we had brought on a few designers to support with the work. Um, the workload was big. We, at that point, sort of had to make the decision of like, what type of business are we? Are we moving into agency? Do we want to kind of be that? And, and, and I think what we envisioned for ourselves was like, yes, like we, mm-hmm. we really wanted and want to have a community that has an in-person element. And I think we've been kind of grasping at different options for that for a really long time without actually landing on what the best fit was for us. And so at that time we thought, okay, let's build an agency. We can have, you know, uh, designers working for us all over the United States. We can go and work with them in person. We can have our own studio. We can have production. We can do all this stuff. Um, And so we started pursuing that path and knowing that that was our goal. We knew that Frank and I had to sort of remove ourselves from the day-to-day of the business to be able to do business development, to be able to be thinking about bringing in new clients. Um, we had team members as well with us who were meant to be helping with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so really that was like, okay, let's make this move to expansion. And so when we did that, we brought on designers, we started, we kept taking on design work. I, at that point was more of a creative director of the visuals. And at that stage, I think I really realized that the reason why I liked design wasn't because I love design, but because I love working directly with somebody to help them bring their vision to life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I removed myself from that and was just overseeing, I lost the connection to the work in a sense. And I was noticing that when it came to, because again, and this will make sense now that you see where we're at now, but a huge part of my creative outlet and my, and my connection to our business and our community is through the online space and through the online marketing and the content marketing that we do and the people that we meet through that. And I was finding it challenging to articulate the value behind the design work that we were doing, even though I knew it was amazing, even though I loved the clients, but my connection to that work and to that like evolution of the project was almost lost as soon as I started acting solely as a creative director. 
And I mean, and my connection sort of went the same direction. So as I was trying to be more like behind the scenes, um, more of a facilitator within the team, sort of like acting as a link between Xanthi as the creative director and the design team, all of a sudden it's gone from Xanthi and I sort of, I'll be clear, I'm not a designer. I don't have a design eye. I'm like a lover of design. And I think it's so amazing and powerful and I have no ability to create <laughs> Um, but in the early days of our business, like Cynthia and I would work together on concepts, like her with the creative sense and like bounce an idea off me, I'll have some feedback and we could sort of collaborate in that way. All of a sudden, I'm sort of becoming a middleman between Xanthi's direction or feedback and the designers who are implementing. And I'm not really involved. I'm just sort of passing messages back and forth. And I start feeling the same sort of disconnect from the involvement in the work that we're creating. Yeah. And like, essentially what we realized is we were going all in on this like internal ecosystem to make sure that our team was held, to make sure that the systems were in place, to make sure that everyone felt like we were progressing. But we kind of became like a, we, we it, it had the opposite effect on our community. So like where we are prefer to be this kind of expansive voice, like always reaching new people, connecting with new people, getting in front of new audiences, collaborating, doing that, having those really impactful conversations with not only our clients, but their communities with, you know, creating new opportunities through workshops, events, whatever it is, we weren't able to do that because all our energy was taken up by managing this sort of team ecosystem, which is awesome. And having a team is awesome. And everyone on our team was awesome. Yep. Like there's no negativity whatsoever towards that experience because everyone was amazing. But what we realized is like our version of creativity is not management. Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. And I resonate with this. So this is exactly what happened to me. Like mm -hmm. exactly where I was like, I felt like I same love my team. Everyone has been so amazing, but I really felt a disconnect with the, with the projects that we were working on. And I felt like it was really missing that, like, just like that touch that I needed because I would look at something and be like, ah, oh, Mm -hmm. I wish that I had added that in there, or I wish that I had had more time to like really think about this. Cause this is how I would have done it differently. So I love that you mentioned that because that's definitely a, a side of growing a team that's not talked about and that you don't realize as, especially as a creative, how much that impacts you. Because I agree, like getting to know the client, like hopping on the, hopping on a call and having conversations and collab, like truly collaborating with them is yeah what makes a big difference in, in projects and just like being an entrepreneur in general, like you want to, because we have the ability to build a business that we want, why wouldn't we be doing what we love in it? If it's ours. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And I think one thing that I really learned is that like, it's really worthwhile investing in people who have like skills that complement yours or who are able to expand you in a sense. Whereas what we were doing when, and I think a lot of people do is like, we were, we were investing in people to scale a business that we didn't even realize at the time wasn't serving us to begin with. Mm -hmm. So instead of actually looking and saying, okay, what about this business needs to change? We thought, well, maybe if we just make it bigger, it will be better. And that was wrong. <laughs> for us, right? <laughs> yeah. right for us, but that's okay. And so with that, what what ended up happening was we were, because that energy wasn't there and that connection to the work wasn't there, I 
our outward sort of conversations we were having were not centered around design. And I think in a sense, we felt like we kind of evolved from that, like where when we first started, which would be when you first started, there wasn't a lot of people in the design space online having these conversations. Like there was pretty much a group of us that like I still know and connect with. And, and but since then, there's been so many more voices coming into that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was completely ready to give them the, the floor. Like there are so many people who are incredibly talented designers. I can design, I enjoy design, but where my value is, is in something else. And I always knew that. And that's why we moved into design that was rooted in strategy. That's why we have put so much energy and effort into our community, into the marketing piece. Like there's all these clues along the way that now looking back, it's like, well, obviously we were meant to do this. Yeah, You have to try different things and you have to start with, sometimes I think you have to be able to recognize what's not working before you know what is working. And I think that's really where we were at for the last like year and a half was like, wow, nothing is working. Like what is happening? And yeah. come to the conclusion of like what will work yet until like quite recently. So there was a lot of that. And so basically what ended up happening at where I was going with that is that the energy outwardly, we were no longer really calling in design work. Like we weren't getting as many inquiries in the design space as we had been. We were getting lots of inquiries for strategy. Um, And so lots of inquiries for content stuff. And so at that point we were like, well, we have a team that we are trying to support from a design perspective, but we're not calling in that work. So we sort of had to start thinking about what's next. Do we really go hard and calling in more design work so that we can fulfill the hours of these people? Or do we sort of release them to do something different for themselves? And at that point we are, we have the freedom to make new choices for ourselves too. So that's what we ended up doing. We ended up kind of paring down on the team, having some obviously difficult conversations with people who we like absolutely love. Um, and just letting them know, like, this isn't the direction that we're going to be going in. And so with that said, like, please feel free to, you know, no one was like working with us full time that, that they didn't have other work anyways, but just letting them know, like prioritize whatever comes your way. And we'll sort of slowly phase this, this out together. So it was definitely a very slow, long, process of starting with like full team to slowly being just the two of us. And even still right now, we still have um, one team member who supports us with some like ongoing design work that sort of like we've been working through. Um, And now when we have inquiries about design, we will sort of pass them to her directly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been really nice too, because it's like, we've been able to support the evolution of her business as well, which is great. So Raquel, I know we shared her. (laughs) I I hope she's listening to this. (laughs) Definitely will. For sure, she um, will. We love you, Rob. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> if you need a designer, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, so that's sort of what that evolution has looked like. I hope I kind of answered that question or got to. Yeah, that. that's amazing. I think it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. Is just like through trial and error, and I think a lot of times in entrepreneurship, there's that. I'm oh, I'm listening to a book right now. I forget what he said, um, but it's something like fight, flight, or freeze. And a lot of times it's like, you just don't know what to do or you don't feel confident or it's like, oh, I want it to be perfect. So I'm not, I'm going to wait to put this out or I'm going to wait to implement the service when it's really like, just put it out there and see what happens. Because if you don't, then you never know what's going to happen. And I'm a true believer that like the universe is always working with you. So like you guys were in that pivot thinking, or like in that mindset, like, is this direction I want to go? So then you kind of stopped getting design inquiries and it started going more towards what you actually wanted to do. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is what we needed. This is the kind of like universal push that, um, or sign that this is the direction that we want to go. So yeah, I think there's, that's all so interesting. So I guess for 
um, like for, for you guys then like, what were some just like mental shifts that you had to do in order to make this decision? Like, like you said, you know, letting a team go and, you know, telling, having those tough conversations. I personally am a people pleaser. So like when I had to, I did something very similar, um, just like letting some of my team go. And I was so nervous, you know, it's like, I'm supporting these people. I'm like, I'm letting them down and all of this. So what were some just like mental blocks or just like mentality shifts that you guys had to make, um, in order to like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. Well, two big ones come to mind for me first, which this was like before we started having those conversations, but ego, like so much ego in it. And like, oh my God, like we are so public online. People have seen us like declare that we are this agency, declare the growth that we have had, share about our team, celebrate our team, celebrate all these projects. Um, and then to just be like, Ooh, just kidding. Um, was really hard to come to terms with that. And it was like, it was like, it was, it was one of those conversations where like internal conversations where it was like, maybe I just don't, maybe I just stick it out because it seems so painful to have to admit that I'm wrong. Um, (laughs) and so really getting clear on like, when, and I think for me, especially because I sort of serve as the like public voice of our brand was really understanding and having to navigate this sort of new mindset where I recognize that by being a public voice, I can't just show the easy part. I can't just show the big, exciting news. You know, yeah. I have to be willing to let people into all of it. And that's always the direction I've wanted to go with our brand is to be very transparent, to be very public. And so I knew I had to walk the walk. Like if I'm going to go through this really difficult time, I'm not going to be a secret. It's not going to be a secret. And with that said, I also had to make some, um, I had to determine what my boundaries were going to be throughout that process. So a lot of things I didn't share while they were happening, of course, right? We always hear, this is a big like vulnerability thing in social media, but like you want to share the, 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 the scab, like not the wound. Like you want yeah. to share the pain once it's like healed a little bit, not while it's like, mm-hmm. sorry, so graphic. Um, That's a good way to but, put it though. Cause you're like, yeah, that happened like three weeks ago. I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at least I like know how to process it. So there was a lot of processing that had to happen behind the scenes. And some of that meant that I had to be a bit quieter publicly than I like to be. So there was some challenges there too. Um, but the other thing too, was like, one thing that you said about having those conversations with your team is like one of our team members was living with us and traveling with us across like Mexico and the United States for almost like a year yeah. when we had to have that conversation. With wow. Said she was part of it the whole time. So it wasn't like it was a huge surprise. Like she, I think there was a lot of relief because she was like, I've seen you guys work yourselves out of your joy. Like we mm-hmm. were not feeling and acting and being as our like best selves from a leadership perspective, from a creativity perspective in our relationship, in our, you know, enjoyment of our life. And so because she was so close to us, she was happy that we were choosing ourselves. Um, But there's always relationships to navigate. And I think when you're in a small business, you build those relationships even, even more like strongly because you're working so intimately with people. And like you said, you're responsible for their livelihood and they, in a sense, are responsible for yours. So there's a really interesting dynamic that happens there. And so that was really kind of cool for us to be able to go through it with somebody who's so close to us, but at the same time, like a big lesson for how we want to navigate those conversations and how we want to feel and and act in our own businesses ourselves too. Mm -hmm. I think there was also a bit of 
for me at least, like untangling of like the identity side of things. Um, like I've never had a great relationship with identifying as an entrepreneur. Like I just, I looked around at other entrepreneurs and was like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of you. <laughs> I'm not one of you. Um, so for a while, as we were starting our business, it sort of felt like we were just sort of like, we were task responders at the start. Like, oh yeah, we can do this for you. We can do that for you, which is cool, but it doesn't really create an identity behind like what the business is. And it felt like as we were expanding into this creative agency with a team, that was a moment of being like, okay, this is what we are. This is what mm -hmm. I am. All right, we're doing this. Um, so like the creation of that was really this big step toward like, all right, that's what OCR is. That's what our business is. That's who I am. And then we sort of burned it all down. And there was a little bit of like, huh, okay, so what am I now? What are we? Yeah. Now? Yeah. And with that said, actually, you said this at the beginning, Olivia, you mentioned like that when it comes to getting started, you have to kind of take on everything to recognize what you really want to do. And we basically just started that process again. So right. we sort of dismantled this design agency feeling. And then we were like, okay, well, let's do marketing and messaging and let's move into strategy and let's do these sort of big strategies for people. And then we did that for six months, eight months. And we were like, this isn't quite it. Like we aren't quite nailing it. Like there's something missing in the way that we're communicating what we do in the way that we're executing what we do. Um, and so, and so again, we had to sort of funnel back down of like, where is this core purpose? Where is this core passion? Yeah. And I know what that is for me. And I think Frank's still kind of determining what that looks like for him. And it's exactly that it's that identity piece where, and I think sometimes too, in a partnership, we have to recognize that well, while our vision can be the same, our identities don't have to be. Yeah. And now we're finding this really interesting position where we're both kind of re-identifying who we are independently and then finding out how does that fuel the shared vision? How does that fuel the shared dream? And it's very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I think like I am always preaching like an aligned business and life because you know, we're so, it's so ingrained in us to like work is your life. Like you, you work to live or live to work, whatever. And I just never resonated with that. That was never like, okay for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do like a mediocre job for the rest of my life. And then like, you know, move on. And when you've been, when you are an entrepreneur and you are a small business owner, it's very easy to just like, keep your head down and like move forward and then be like, wait, how did I end up here? Like, I actually don't love what I'm doing and I do want to make a pivot. And that's the beautiful part about entrepreneurship is that you do have the ability to, you know, completely dismantle and like start something new, but it's also very scary. Cause you're like, I'm starting from scratch or what is everyone going to think? And that's where like our egos get in the way of actually doing the work that we really enjoy and love. So I'm always saying like, reconnect with your vision, your why, like if you're ever feeling like, I mean, really, truly, I think that every day you should wake up and be like, I'm so excited to work on projects today. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't do that. Like life is way too short to like not love what you're doing. So if you're a small business owner and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to work with that client or I don't want to hop on that call or this, this project, like I'm postponing it because I just don't want to work on it. You really want to reconnect because there's something that could be shifted. Um, and it's okay too. Like, I remember talking to my mentor, um, and being like, I think I want to pivot. And she was like, amazing. That's great. And I had been like working up to this conversation for like weeks being like, she's going to tell me I'm stupid. She's going to say all of these things, but it's really like scaling down or however you want to say it. 
is a sign of efficiency and growth. So like less really is more, especially when you're the owner of a business, because you can really focus on your genius zone. And that is what grows the business and also just aligns you with what, with your life's work really. Yeah. I love that. Less is more for sure. And that's definitely what we've been leaning into is this idea of really like recentering and paring down and yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. Like even what you mentioned about your mentor, like I work with coaches as well. And I definitely remember having some of those conversations where I would say out loud, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I would be like, Oh, like, <laughs> like, Oh shit. Like, did I really just say that? And, but as soon as you say it, you embody it. You're yeah. like, Oh yeah, I've got to change this. Right. And exactly what you said, waking up with the sense of dread, the sense of, you know, feeling like, and I think too, we have to name the fact that there's, there's, it, it is our livelihood. When we make decisions, it affects our finances too. Yeah. So knowing that we have to make these calls and having to really put a lot of trust into ourselves and into our vision to know that we're going to kind of make it right. And then into the next round, whatever that yeah. looks like <laughs> a lot. And on that concept of trust, something that you said just made me think of this, where we feel fear about what are people going to think? And what we've really recognized and a huge pillar of what it is that we are doing now and what we've really realized our purpose is, is in the community side and helping mm -hmm. people to really grow and engage with their communities in authentic ways online and beyond. And what we really had to do was trust that our community that we had built, you know, the people that follow us online, the people that have engaged with our life for the last five years and, you know, knew us in person, whoever whoever these people may be, that, th that we could actually trust that they're here for us, that they support us for who we are and for what, for what right. we are building mm -hmm. and that they trust that we'll be able to support them no matter what and what direction we go in. Um, and it takes a long time to build that trust. But I think having that was a huge, played a huge role in our ability to make the shifts that we did and to be so forthcoming about them because we had already built that community and we had already built that system of support and loyalty um, which really made it softened the blow a little bit, let's say. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I want to get into that and what you guys are doing now. Um, but before we do that, I want to just backtrack a little bit. So that pivot, um, you know, the, from the time that you guys were like, okay, I think that this is what I want to do to actually shifting. Um, how long did that take? Like, <laughs> To the beginning of the shift or to the end of the shift process like yeah there's yeah. there's a lot of different pieces of it but i would say the first like inklings was last about this exact time last year yep. was when we, it was like moving into the holiday season um we were staying in la we were thinking about moving here we were trying to figure out what our business was going to look like um but yes it was right around that time that we were looking at the new year and we were looking at the projects that were coming down the pipe and we were just starting to think like okay what's next mm -hmm. um and then it was about and then right at that time that was when we decided we were going to move forward with launching our membership community at the table and we had been thinking about that for years and we never moved forward on it but for some reason we, i like i don't that people are like how did you know it was time like we didn't know we were just like we have to do something else like we let's try something different so mm -hmm. we decided to move into this membership um program and we launched the membership as of april of this past year 2022 and 
ramping up to that membership, I think that's when we really started realizing that like, this wasn't a membership for designers. This wasn't going to be education about design. Mm -hmm. We were talking about these huge, like what we see as like these much like these foundational conversations around business ownership, around cultivating a life that feels good, um, around creativity, around gathering community, all these things, marketing, messaging, all played a role. And it was right at the same time that we launched that, that we also saw a lot of the rest of what our business was. Just, we saw that that sort of natural end where we were like, we love what we're doing for this community so much. Like everything's supposed to feel like this. And mm-hmm. that helped us to really re- recognize, like, if we want to, if we want to grow this, if we want to feel this more, then we have to let some things go. Um, so that was about spring 2022. And then that was when we had our conversations with our team members around April and everyone sort of slowly, like our, 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 we slowly tapered off with the work up until about June. Yep. Um, and then, but th- we still have plenty of design work that we're doing. Like I've been doing design again, which by the way, like I still love it. I've still enjoyed working with the clients. Like there's been no negativity on the front of like who we are collaborating with, but it's more so just that recognition of like, we are always looking 10 steps ahead of where we are at right now. So knowing that I can be fully immersed in this work now, but also be looking to the future was kind of an important part of this transition because yeah. I didn't feel like I was so connected to where I'm going that I couldn't enjoy and connect and collaborate with the people who had already been investing with us and that had been working with us. So spent a lot of the like summer and fall this year working through design and actually in a way that felt really nice because it was more intimate. There was less work on that in on that side of things. So we were able to kind of reconnect to it. And it was almost like a nice um, like a nice, like farewell to that side of our business. Like I got to design full brands again, which I hadn't done in a, a year or so. Yeah. Um, give or take, like I took on work for sure. But, um, but yeah, so it was really interesting. So sort of phasing it out and, and moving into this, this new era, um, really just came to, to like, I'd say full fruition over the last like two months. Mm-hmm. So that would be like fall 2022. And now we're in like almost at the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so it's been really unique. It's been really interesting. And, and I would say, yeah, basically from like September onwards is really been that process of like landing. And that's when we decided, okay, we're going to redo our website. We're mm-hmm. going to essentially like relaunch, um, but without the whole pressure of relaunching, mm-hmm. um, but just really reconsider the way we connect with our community, reconsider the offerings that we're giving them. We actually threw our membership the table. One thing that I've really loved about having that community is that we guide people as we experience things. So the last like three months, two months of table content has been really about like reevaluating your business for the new year, looking inward, determining where are your offers aligned with your mission? Where could they be more aligned with the mission of your, your, your people, your audience? Um, and doing that with them has really helped us to do that for ourselves as well. So yeah. we're really this year feeling like we've set up a lot of intention and a lot of action for how we want to move forward. Um, but anyways, to answer your question, it took about a year. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I just like to ask that because I, I, nothing happens in business overnight. Like I always say, you know, what you're doing now will affect your business in three, six, nine months, even a year. So always looking ahead and having that ability to look ahead and creating that vision is what allows you to like become a thought leader, expand, live in your truth and build a business that actually is 
and aligned. Cause then if you don't, then we're back at the, you know, with the blinders on and then you come and look up and you're like, Oh my God, where am I? Um, so yeah, I just like to ask that because nothing happens overnight. And so anyone that's listening, that's like, ah, I might want to make a transition and should it take this long or how long does it take? It's like, it's totally an evolution and, um, really like what we keep coming back to is trial and error and experimenting and, um, having that ability. Like we are lucky as entrepreneurs that we do get to experience within our careers because in a normal position, if you were in corporate, you don't get, you don't get to do that. You know, you have to ask someone if that's okay. Um, where we don't have to do that. We could just decide that this is what we want to do today. So, um, really taking advantage of that, um, and knowing that it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and adding to that, like, I hate that. Like, I hate that it doesn't happen overnight. Like that's not my nature. I'm not like a slow and steady wins the race kind of gal. Yeah. Like I'll do this right now because it's what I want. Um, but it's a learning, (laughs) but it's interesting because what I, what I take away from that is if you are the type of person who, who is in the position that, you know, we've been in where we're like, okay, I need to pivot. Something needs to change. What I like to do is just figure out, okay, what small action can I make take right now? Like, what can I add to my schedule weekly that will make me feel like I'm doing something in alignment with where I want to be going. Um, and a big part of that for me was I realized for example, I realized that Cub is loving content creation. Like I was enjoying it so much. I wanted to work with brands. I wanted to bring in some paid partnerships and build out that side of our, our business as well. Because I think that when you're in it, creating it, you learn a lot about it that you can then share with people from a strategy perspective. So I really enjoyed having that applied side, which kind of was lost for quite some time as we were doing a lot more of like the written work and stuff. And so I was, I was like, I'm going to dedicate time to this. Like I don't have paid deals, but I'm just going to reach out to some people who I know that have brands and I'll ask them if they want me to create some videos with their stuff. And that was really an amazing release for me that kind of, I feel like carried me throughout the entire last like eight months of feeling like I still had that sparklet about like, this is a place we're going. Like I make taking action towards this. And, um, and, and I think anybody who's in that position where it's like, yes, it can be a slow, a slow burn of getting to the other side of whatever it is that you're envisioning. There are things that you can do every day to feel the way you want to feel. Yeah. And that's really important. Absolutely. And it might feel slow, but like you said, if you're doing one small thing every single day or every week in a month, you're going to be like, wow, look at what a difference it is. Like it doesn't, I think it's so easy. I actually just had a call, a a talk about this with one of my one-to-one clients yesterday. And she was like, I keep looking at everything all at once and it's overwhelming. It's like, you can't look at it like that. You have to think day by day, week by week, making those small steps, because that is what is really going to make the biggest difference. Um, okay. So now I want to talk about just what you guys are doing now and just touch on genuine connection, um, with your audience and just really bringing your authentic voice and how you can stand out that way. Um, I love your guys' content. Like, I feel like whenever I'm reading your captions, I'm like saying it in your voice because I know, like just cause I watch your stories and everything. So you guys do such a good job with that. Um, and it really, I think now ties into exactly what you're doing for your clients. So tell us what Osierra is now and what you guys do. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 
Well, okay. So, so we at this point consider OCR to be a multifaceted brand. So we are not just a brand agency. We're not just an education platform. We're not just a hospitality business, which is a side note too. Um, but we are a multifaceted team and our goal, our mission through everything we do is to help creative leaders harness the power of community online and in real life. So the way we, this takes shape and the way that we actually apply this is through the agency piece. We create strategies that are very community driven, that are rooted in whether it's online content creation, whether it's um, partnership strategy, whether it's messaging, brand messaging to make sure you're really communicating what it is that you do with people. Um, we will, that's sort of a done, done for you service collaborative. We will do that with like one-on-one -on -one with a business owner to build that out, um, in a more custom sense. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, then we educate on that as well. So we have group coaching containers. We have educational workshops, courses that are all around anything that has to do with content marketing for the purpose of creating an, a community and stepping into an authentic voice as a leader and where we feel or where we've been able to really kind of niche in that sense is that in the creative industry, in the design industry, especially it's very saturated online space and people don't have a lot of perspectives. They don't share a lot of perspectives. Everyone has a perspective, but they don't share a lot of it. And we see yeah. a lot of the repeat content of like, here's five ways you could do this color palette. Here's what this logo looks like, you know, from yeah. the cutting room floor, et cetera, et cetera. Like we've all done those posts, yeah. but this space doesn't need more of those posts. The space needs more perspectives. And so we for us, it's really about, about finding and connecting with people who want to be the leaders of their brand and not just of their brand, but of their community as well, because that's something that we have done exceptionally well for the last five years. And that's carried us through everything that we've been able to accomplish is the people that we've been able to connect with. So teaching other people how to do that, um, finding the voice to do that, creating the message that does that, and then and then at the same time, also fostering our own community, which is the membership, the table, that is a space for people to come together and meet people and kind of cultivate and create their own relationships amidst that, which in the next year is going to expand to include in-person events, um, creative retreats. We are looking to invest. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so, um, and so also we are in the process of selling our, our property that we bought in Mexico. Um, that was used as an Airbnb and sort of creative studio space for the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to expand that side of the business, which is the hospitality and spaces to include the, U the U.S. so that we can host those workshops and community events in person. And so other people can rent the spaces and do that themselves as well. So really creating a hub of creative community building through through custom strategy services, through education and through community in person and online. And that's that's the bundle. That's kind of it. That's the yeah, bundle. I love that. Okay. So, so much to unpack there. So as far <laughs> as, um, just like fine, I love what you said about how saturated and it really like just the multifaceted part. It just like all aligns so much, like having that community in person and hospitality and your community and everything. It really does like really falls like it makes so much sense. Like it really just all fall falls into perfect place. Um, but as far as what you were talking about, like thought leadership, I love this topic because I do agree that there isn't a lot of like perspective or you see a lot of like the same recycled content, like five mood boards for December, whatever. And like why your brand's not just your logo. It's like, we know. Um, so how, if someone's listening and they're like, I don't want to be one of those people, I want to be a thought leader. I really want to 
you know, approach my brand from a perspective that is, you know, genuinely me, but also aligns with my ideal clients, what is like the first step? Um, or what's like, where can we, can we start with that like messaging? Yes. Okay. So I actually just did like a free mini course on this exact topic. Oh my gosh. If you go to our link, our links page, you can still get the the evergreen version of it, but um, it's free. And uh, so essentially it's this, this concept that we all have a content cocktail. A lot of our messaging is around like entertaining and and stuff like that. So that's why. Um, And there's sort of a set, a set of like five ingredients to create a content cocktail that really connects with people. And so the first step, which is day one is connection and really establishing what you deeply care about. And I don't mean like, oh, I think that people need a brand, but like, what are things that maybe you don't talk about enough or, or things that you see that you get like that feeling of like, I disagree with that or something that gets you really fired up when you're talking, like you said, talking to your spouse who maybe has no idea what your industry is, but you cannot stop talking about it. Like we all have those funny little topics that get us like fired up. And so create a list, like brain dump a list of all the things you care about. And it doesn't have to be specific to your industry. So I think that's one thing that we get caught up about a lot in kind of creating conversation around things is that we think we have to think about what we do first. But what we need to think about first is what we care about, and then we can connect it to what we do. So it's like circle back. So if I know that I care so much about people having authentic relationships, there was a very long time where we didn't offer any service that allowed people to do that. But I could still kind of narrow it down to say, well, but if you have a brand that connects with people, you can build those relationships or whatever. But like start with the topic of what you care about and then connect it to your business second because of course we all have to sell things. And I definitely that, like, I think that's really important too, is we need to understand how our, our unique perspective actually makes us better at what we do for our clients as well. Um, so number one is create that list, brain dump, all the things you really, really care about, and then think about your ideal client and then brain dump a list of all the things that they really care about. Again, does not have to do with your industry. If you're an interior designer, it doesn't have to be about couches, but what do they care about in their life? Like what drives them? What are their values? And this is, these are going to be these two random, like massive lists of like passions. Mm -hmm. Basically all you do is you look at both and you start connecting the dots. Like, what did I say that's similar to that? How can I make sure that what I create connects with that thing that they care about? And then you create this, this almost, you know, thematic, collection of topics that you want to talk about and you know they're going to want to hear about and in that you of course then you have to move into having a perspective you have to move into including your expertise there's these other steps of the along the way but that's step one is figure out where does that connect where can you create something and have conversation that's going to that your people are going to care about and then you can start kind of thinking about how to massage it and and hone it back to what it is that you do what it is that you're sharing and selling but I'll leave it there. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that. And I, I totally agree with like, we don't, not everyone needs to hear about what you do all the time. Like the reason why they're going to choose to work with you specifically for your business or just in general is because of you. Like you said, there's tons of other design studios and interior design studios and photographers and whatever out there. But the reason why they're going to choose to work with you is because of you Um, and what you believe in and, you know, all like your values and how you connect. And I, I have a lot of conversations, I think with people, they're like, Oh, I don't like, we work with a a ton of coaches and they're like, well, I don't want to be the forefront of the brand. I'm like, you have to be, you have no choice. Like the, you have to be, because that's why people are going to choose 
you as a nutritionist, as a business coach over somebody else, because they really want to learn about you and the things that you believe in. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do think that we talk about this as well, like with brand image, because that's more kind of Frank's space is like the messaging and the the building personality around kind of like any brand, which is possible. But where we really seek to like niche into is that like, if you aren't prepared to be the face or at minimum, the voice of your business, then we're not going to be the right fit for, to work with you. Like there are a million agencies that can build a personality out of a chocolate bar. You know, we see that happen all the time. Yeah. That's how our niche is in the leadership. Our niche is in you need to be able to speak up for for your business, like and for your clients and and as yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to put your entire life on the line. You don't have to put every single thing about your lifestyle on the internet, but you have to be prepared to lead. And that's really where we found this like sweet spot of of people that connect really well with us and that we know we can really help. Yeah, I love that. So for as far as like content creation and marketing goes for 2023, where do you see the direction going for us or for just like the world just in general like like trends like ideas okay. like what do you guys think like moving into this new year you know i've seen a lot of like talk about youtube and just like i mean i feel like we've seen marketing go in the direction of you know more personal over the last like you know 2 to 3 years it's kind of made that evolution and i personally feel like 2023 is the year where brands are going to go all out and even we're going to see really big brands getting more personal. Um, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are since you're really in, in it. Yeah. I have a few thoughts. Do you th- anything you thought of? Yeah, I do. I, I do think it's going to get more personal over the year to come because I think audiences are tired of seeing like sort of fake paper mache brands that have like something pretty, but don't stand for anything. And I mm-hmm. think that's fine things that audiences are looking for now is to explore the values that actually underpin this business. And if I'm giving my money to this thing, what's it going to? What are some of the things that I'm supporting by doing this? And I think one of the best ways that brands are going to be able to convey that is through that personal sense of having the actual human being or a human being behind the brand speaking to it, instead of just sort of putting up a graphic and saying brand X stands for X, Y, and Z, because well, does it really? Like there's no emotion behind it. There's no real proof. Yeah. There's no real proof. Yeah. As opposed to getting someone who will actually stand up there, get in front of a camera and say, listen, I'm passionate about this, this, and this. And that's why my business does that. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to be a big driver in where people are spending their money and what they're paying attention to. Yeah. And on that same note, I think that speaks to the discernment of the audience. Like we are looking for quality content. We're not looking for filler. We're not looking for fluff. I think in the social media space specifically, three posts a week, if they're all great, that's enough. It's not about quantity anymore. It's really about quality. It's really about connection. And that might mean longer format content because it takes longer to create, but it connects more. So maybe that is more video. Maybe that is vlogs coming back. I've heard some things, Um, but- I love vlogs. Like I don't think vlogs ever went out of style. Like, I don't know. I still read vlogs all the time. So if anyone's still blogging, keep it up. <laughs> but, but again, it's quality because I think yeah. unfortunately in the, in, and we fell victim to this as well. There was a big push of like, if you want to succeed on Pinterest, you have to be blogging. And so there was all this basically like fluff blog posts going out there that were basically just like copy and paste of our social captions and blogs so that we could promote. And it's like, that's not where it's going. We want quality 
like content that's really going to enrich us in ways that other forms can't. Um, and so I really see that being a thing. And I also think that brands, every, if, if every single product brand does not have an influencer marketing strategy in 2023, I think they are going to see themselves falling behind. And I think that's, and I think, and I think our, our perception of what an influencer is, has complete needs yes. to change and has changed because when I say that, I'm not thinking, oh, you need to find someone with 100K followers to promote your product. I'm saying, look at anybody with a voice and use them as somebody who can advocate for you. And I've sort of been toying with this, this term of what, what we call like the content creative, where you are a creative entrepreneur and content creator kind of mixed into one where you don't have to decide, oh, I'm just a content creator. Not that it's like just like only, but like I'm exclusively a content creator. I'm exclusively an entrepreneur anybody with a platform and a voice can be both. And yep. I think we'll see the crossover in both. I think we'll see people who perhaps have been exclusively content creators stepping into entrepreneurship, as we'll be seeing people who have been exclusively entrepreneurs stepping into content creation, because it bridges the gap between audiences. It grows your audience. It it increases collaboration, increase, increases reach. And brands, like Frank said, need to get more personal. They aren't, they don't have an unlimited amount of personalities working in their head office to step in front of their social. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have an unlimited amount of people on the internet who can advocate for them. And I think mm -hmm. leveraging that's really important. And I think the key behind it, as you sort of see that influencer strategy shift in 2023, is it's it's less like carpet bombing the internet with like yeah. every single influencer out there who has literally zero connection to your brand, just holding it up and saying, I love this because I got it for free, but there's actually going to be more depth and like yeah. who you're working with, what the partnership looks like yeah. and what's actually getting conveyed. Um, because I think like Santhi said, there's been this sense of influencer marketing. Oh, it's so superficial. Oh, it, you, this, they paid you to just say that. But now I think we're going to start exploring a little bit more of the depth that can come from having these ambassadors out there in the world. And the the note the notion of trust that we build with our communities is that is that there is a is a quiet understanding that we're not going to lie, that we're not going to post something that mm -hmm. we don't believe in. Right. Um, and we have to uphold that if we are going to be stepping into that space. Right. And we have to also be able to advocate what, for why something is resonant to us and why we did choose to promote it on our platform. Um, and I think with that said, what I would love to see is for brands who are stepping into that uh, ambassadorship space to not just send an email that says, here's all the things you have to post for us, but to send an email that says, how does this fit into your life? Can we yep. campaign with it? Can we campaign together? And to circle back, to bring it full circle, that's something that I feel that we have a really strong connection to that we would, that we can and will support brands and creators with finding that middle ground of what is a collaboration that's aligned for both of us. What's the story? Exactly. What, what and, and what's the authentic story that exists between the two of us um, and is mutually beneficial. So I see yeah. that. No, I think that's amazing. And I think that just like really just to round the conversation out is that you know, whether you're creating services for your business or you're completely pivoting your business or you're creating content for whatever it is, it all is rooted in your vision for your life and what actually genuinely like sparks joy for you. So it, and that the only way they're the best way to succeed is building that authenticity or showing that authenticity and transparency through everything. So like the more that you are enjoying the work that you're doing and the more you feel rooted in the work that you're doing, the more quote unquote successful or the more you'll 
you'll feel more aligned with where your business is going. And I totally agree with the quality. I just even felt that way, like about work. I felt like we were like, you know, zooming, we had all these clients, which was amazing. I was so grateful, but I felt like we needed more time with each one, but we just like, didn't have didn't have that. Like we truly didn't have any time. So it's like just really coming back to like doing less, really connect with the work that you're doing, the content that you're putting out, um, and feeling really connected. And that's how you're going to make the biggest impact. Um, and that's what I really love about you guys. It's like, it's not about, it's not about building like a huge business and making a ton of money. It's about impacting your clients that are then going to go out and impact the world. Um, and that's like, you know, you guys are talking about like your deep why, like that's my why, like I want to change the world. like, I want people to like, listen to these conversations and feel like very motivated and like, they want to go and like donate their time or like, you know, education and things like that. And like, really like do things that are impactful and also make money while you're doing it. Obviously that's great. Um, but the real reason the the root of that is to, um, change people's lives. Um, so I think what you guys are doing is so beautiful. So amazing. This has been such a good conversation. So, um, tell us before we go, just like a little bit about how we can work with you, where we can connect. Um, and I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes, but yeah, amazing. amazing. So, um, we will be so right now it's December and we will be relaunching our website starting January. And so with that relaunch will include, um, the opportunity to work with us on a custom capacity, on a consulting capacity, in an education capacity, and in a collaborative community capacity. And so with all those things in mind, we are supporting with content marketing, partnership growth strategy, um, organic, sorry, organic growth strategy and partnership and collaboration strategy, as well as brand messaging and brand image. So a lot of different ways to work with us, which I will at this point direct to our future website that will include all that information. I think, I think Uh, your website will probably be live once this episode is live. So you guys should be good. Okay, perfect. perfect. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, perfect. Because to go over it all here would be a lot. But yeah, I mean, essentially, if you are looking to really step into your leadership in the online space and or build a community that is in person and online in any capacity that has to do with content marketing and messaging, we are the people to support you through that. And we are really excited as well within the next within the next year to not just be able to support on that one-on-one strategy and in that consulting capacity, but to be creating um, essentially a, a, a full library of resources on the education side of skills development. So you can lead your community with autonomy as well. Um, and so that's a big part of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So excited. And then, um, just your Instagram links, anything else you guys have the table community that's always open, right? Yes. yes, our table membership is amazing. It's only 25 USD monthly. Um, and it is filled, filled, filled with incredible people, incredible conversations. We share weekly workshops there on all the things, really nice bite-sized conversations, like between 10 and 15 minute workshops. So they're really easy to consume while you work. We also share monthly recipes and we have monthly live mentorship sessions through that too. So if you're looking for sort of a, um, a really nice and easy way to engage with us in community and learn from us, that's definitely step one. Otherwise you can find us on Instagram, which is OCR creative, um, where we share 
all the things. We're very generous when it comes to our value and um, educating in that space as well. And I'm always so excited to meet people. So if you follow us, please send me a DM and say that you found us through this podcast. And it would be amazing to um, just start building that relationship right away. And other than that, we have our website, which will be ocr.ca, which will contain all the information that I couldn't uh, articulate. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that's I think everything. Those are all the places. Those are all the places. That's where we are. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Fashion. I also have a TikTok, but it's not as <laughs> private as a conversation. I tried TikTok and I like, I literally couldn't. Like I, and, and it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just, I'm not listening to myself or I'm not listening to my own advice and I'm just doing, following what everyone else is doing. Like, like I said, I'm not like a scroller. So to like get on TikTok and like have another thing, it was like, why am I doing, why am I torturing myself? But I had one for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's TikTok is a whole conversation. So we will be talking about that a lot too over the next year, because I do feel that we need to increase like literacy in that space and, and decrease the fear of that space. And also I think that there is a deep need for boundaries when it comes to using that platform because. Yeah. I think, uh, I think for me, it was like, I was trying to do too many things at once where I was like, okay, I think I need like a six month. Like I I need to like come up with a plan and then like dive all into it. Cause I was just like, it it, it made no sense. I was just adding more things to my plate for no reason. (laughs) Quality over quantity. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was such a good conversation. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank yep, you so talk much. soon. Thank you so much for tuning into Behind the Design Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Austin, designer, business mentor, and life enthusiast here to help you build your dream life and business. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. And don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at byoliviaaustin. I would love to hear from you. Head to byoliviaaustin.com for free trainings, business resources, courses, and other ways to work with me. I will see you in the next episode.